Hello, and welcome to the You Go Girl podcast. My name is Erin Chapman, and I'll be your host as each week we interview a Canadian woman who has excelled in sport so she can share her story and inspire more girls and women to get up and get active. You Go Girl. Hi, Bria. Welcome to the You Go Girl podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to hear all about all the amazing sports and activities that you do. Well, thank you. Well, thanks for having me. It's my first podcast. I'm really excited. <laughs> well, honored that we could be here first. So can you start by telling me what sports do you do? Yeah, so I have kind of a big list of sports. Um, the ones that I'm probably the most actively involved in are uh, rock climbing, skateboarding, snowboarding, and scuba diving. Um, sort of less regularly, but I still consider myself active in these sports are paddleboarding, um, wakeboarding, and surfing. <laughs> Um, and I used to do competitive horse riding, and I've also worked as a sea kayaking and hiking guide. Wow, that is a lot of amazing sports that are very different from what you would take in gym class, that's for yeah. sure. So how did you get your start in these sports and being physically active? Yeah, so um, all throughout high school, um, and, and before that, my parents always wanted me to play an instrument. Um, they weren't as actively involved in sports. Um, I mean, my mom was in Girl Guides, but I was never in anything like that. Um, but sport, playing instruments for me just weren't really, it didn't really give me what I wanted or what I needed. Um, so I was always interested in moving around, being outside, just burning off energy. Um, so when I was 11, uh, I begged my parents um, for horse riding lessons. Uh, and they thankfully gave that to me. <laughs> um, and then from then, like throughout my entire high school career, I uh, I rode horses competitively. Um, I did a little bit of sports in high school as well. Like I played rugby for in high school, um, but the, all the sports that I lifted, listed above all got started after I finished high school um, because that was when I became more independent, I guess, and I realized what else was out there. Um, and I went, I just kind of saw what they were and, and kind of went for them and found a way to get to all of them. And what drew you to these kinds of sports? Like to me, horseback riding is very different from scuba diving or yeah. <laughs> skateboarding. What drew you to those kinds of sports? Yeah, so I kind of wonder that myself because these sports are also different from each other. Um, I mean, there's some commonalities like you'll kind of notice as a skateboarding, snowboarding. These are all, all board sports. Um, but then those differ from diving and climbing. Um, but the biggest common thing between all these sports, I think, that strings them together is the fact that they're all done outside and they're all individual. Um, so I have played team sports in the past. Like, for example, I played rugby um, in grade 12. But these other sports, for me, I just wanted to be outside and not just outside in a field, but like outside in the woods, on a mountain, underwater. Um, and I really liked kind of doing them on my own because then I have this kind of funny thing where I'm playing team sports and I feel really responsible if I didn't score a goal or if I didn't get a try um, that was a lot of pressure on myself so for me personally I had to kind of break out of that um, and do sports that are more individually focused so riding horses uh, is pretty much you know you and your horse of your team but you don't have another person for the most part on your team um, in the, the sports that I did so I've, I really liked being able to to kind of go at my own pace if I if I didn't win first or second you know it was my fault I didn't feel responsible for anybody else um on my team because it was just me and my horse and then in the other sports that I do I don't compete in in like skateboarding or anything like that or climbing um but it just kind of has these internal rewards that is you know I can work as hard as I want to um and if I feel like having a lazy day I don't have to 
you know, let anybody else down because of that. So definitely the, the individual uh, aspect for these sports. And I think the biggest thing for me is being outside kind of in the elements. Mm-hmm. And that's true when you're talking about having that ownership, I guess, of being on a team. A yeah. lot of your sports aren't necessarily like competitive sports like horseback riding yeah. would be. What's the difference for you between playing a competitive sport and doing something recreationally more for fun? Mm-hmm. So with with riding, that's probably the only one that I um, really see as a competitive sport. Uh and then with the other ones, a lot of it is kind of this internal sort of satisfaction that I get. So going out and climbing, like a couple summers ago, I did um, a friend and I, so in climbing, you do have a partner a lot of times. So that that kind of, I guess that go back on what I said about um, doing something individually, because you do have a partner that you have to trust, but it's different than kind of like a team sport in, in like a, an organized sport. Um, but we went and did like a, a 300 meter climb. And that was just really satisfying for me in a way that you know getting first place or winning a prize wouldn't be um in riding um the reason why i think probably the biggest reason why i'm not so much in competitive sports now is because it just it takes up a lot of your time so with riding if i was to go back and be competitive um i would be having to ride six days a week and that would take away from a lot of the other sports that i'm now involved in Mm. Um, they all just kind of give me this different satisfaction, skateboarding, snowboarding, you know, landing a trick or jumping off, like going off a jump in snowboarding or going scuba diving and seeing like your favorite fish. <laughs> um, I also kind of have a background in biology, so I do have a favorite fish. <laughs> um, but they give me a different satisfaction, something that I can't get when, if somebody hands me like a first place ribbon or a prize money, you know, it's great to get those things, but you don't get the same feeling, um, that you do from like doing a huge climb or a really hard climb. Or, or, you know, doing a really, having a really good day at the skate park or in the snow park or something like that. So it's a lot more internal for me, I think. And with these sports being internal, what kind of values have they given you that you can use throughout life? So these sports have definitely shown me that I can challenge myself and how fun that actually is. Um, and that I can really do a lot more than I thought I was capable of doing. Um, so with snowboarding, for example, when I first started, you know, you fall a lot and you get bruised and you're going to get hurt um, to varying degrees. But I never thought kind of when I first started that now I'd be kind of riding in the park and like grinding rails and going off jumps. And, you know, those kinds of things are you, you kind of have to start small with your goals. But then you look back, you know, a year or two years or four years later and, and you're kind of like, wow, like I, I went from just being, being able to stand on a snowboard or even stand on a skateboard. And now I'm like challenging myself to like tr- learn new tricks and do things that I, I really didn't think that I could do. And, and you just kind of show yourself actually what you're made of. Like you challenge yourself um, and you're kind of like, okay, wow, I, I did this thing and it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that scary. And now I'm what's next? Like, what's the next thing? So these sports I find have kind of really shown me that there's always more and you can always challenge yourself to do something more than you thought you were, you were capable of doing. And then in the end you look back and you're like, wow, like I'm capable of doing a lot more than I really gave myself credit for. So you learn to trust yourself and you learn to really challenge yourself. That's great. Yeah. I think sometimes with sport, it's not so much of a physical challenge, but it's a mental challenge that you have to get over that hurdle to the next thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you tell us some of your sporting highlights that you've encountered? Yeah, so 
some of the, my favorite highlights, um, again, like these are, aren't things about like winning, you know, first place or whatever. Like these are all things that, that I think are really unique, uh, situations that happened all because I was able, like, I'm, I'm competent enough in the sports that I'm, that I'm doing. So the biggest thing with all these sports is that they've got me, um, they brought me a lot of like adventure and just really fun things that have happened in other countries all over the world. So I'm a big traveler. Um, and so one thing, for example, scuba diving, um, I learned to dive actually the first time I was supposed to learn how to dive was in high school. Um, I took outdoor ed and I was actually late for class that day and missed the bus. And so I didn't get the opportunity to go scuba diving. Um, but it was what I was looking forward to the most out of like the entire grade 12 year. And I missed out because I like slept in late or changed my outfit too many times or something. And I, I missed class. Um, so after I graduated, I went on ahead and got my scuba diving license. Um, and since then, I've dived literally all over the world. Um, like I've dived in Australia and Nicaragua, India. More recently, I was in Indonesia last summer. Um, I've literally been every country I go to to travel to, I've been diving. So that was been that's been a really, really incredible experience and awesome adventures for me to just see like all kinds of incredible coral and just look at life underwater. And it gives me a new appreciation for, you know, the environment and, and conservation, things like that. Um, and then, you know, I've also rock climbed in other countries as well. And I've made some incredible, awesome friends through that as well. Um, and then probably one of my funnest experiences, um, because I'm, because I'm able to ride horses pretty competently. Um, when I was, when I was working in Australia, so after I graduated high school, um, I went to university and after that I, I lived in Australia for a couple of years. And uh, I had a job actually as a cowgirl, literally. Like I, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was kind of hard where I was living. It was kind of hard to find work, but I was fortunate enough that I had that under my belt. I knew how to ride horses. And that's pretty much the only reason why I got the job was because I knew how to ride. And so what we did was we would just get the horses ready and we would go and find the cows that were just kind of free on the property. And this property was like a couple I think it was like a couple hundred thousand acres. It was like a huge, huge property. And there was cows just kind of like all over the property. And we would go on our horses and like look for them and then muster them, like kind of corral them and bring them back to um, the main part of the ranch where we would give them tags and kind of separate, separate them based on like boy cows and girl cows and that kind of thing. So, or bulls and cows. Um, so it was a really, really cool experience. That was probably the funnest job I've ever had and it's really it's unbelievable to say now I was like yeah I worked as a cowgirl like that was my job <laughs> That's crazy. Um, crazy. yeah it was so much fun um and then again I had a uh, another sort of horse adventure I guess um I was traveling in India um which is a whole adventure in itself um but what I had done was I I found out that there are these three um three trains in India that are still steam coal engines so uh, like kind of run like the old school where you throw the coal in the, in the train and that's what keeps it going. Uh, and so I was able to get on one of these trains, but in India, the trains are all so slow. So I didn't get to this nature preserve that the train like stopped at until later in the day. And I got there and I was like, okay, I don't have a lot of time here, but they had tourists sort of horse riding. Um, but the way that was organized was basically they had, you know, somebody leading the horse these tourists didn't know how to ride and they were kind of scared and then you know they'd be done with it but I was like okay this is a faster way to see the nature preserve so I went over and I convinced them I knew how to ride and I'm like I'll pay you extra 
Like, I just want to see, I came here to see the Native Nature Preserve, but it's going to be way faster to go on a horse. Mm-hmm. So can I, you know, can, can I pay somebody to just be a guide and we'll take two horses and go? And they were kind of reluctant at first because a lot of tourists tend to lie about their ability to ride, but they, they, can, they trusted me or they, they kind of reluctantly trusted me. Um, so it was me and this one guy and the two horses. And we, as soon as he kind of got comfortable with me, he realized that I actually knew how to ride. So we were like galloping between like the different, na- the different sites. And we even had a race at the very end on this flat, this flat bit and on the two horses, it was so much fun. And I think it was really cool because I don't think a lot of people and like women in general ride in this area like that. And you don't typically see a woman kind of like riding a horse <laughs> like that kind of recklessly. Um, I don't recommend that if you don't know how to ride. <laughs> uh, but I think that was probably one of the, uh, it looked like that guy and the horses hadn't got to have that much fun before because usually they're riding, they're taking people who don't know how to ride um, and they're just walking them a few hundred, a few meters and then that's enough. But it was really fun to kind of almost like, it was like I was taking this guy out, you know, getting to have fun on horses with him and just like galloping around. And so it was a really, it ended up being a really fun day um, with just this guy who couldn't even really speak English and I couldn't really speak his language. So, but we could both ride. So that was actually really fun. We got to kind of connect in that way and just have like a super, super fun day. And to this day, hopefully he remembers it as well, but I remember it as a very fond memory. (laughs) That is such a wonderful story. It sounds like sport and physical activity has presented you with so many opportunities in life and yeah. opportunities to break down the barrier of women in sport. What for does sure. that mean for a girl to be physically active to you? I think that there's, there's a lot of sports that um, they sometimes tend to be more male-dominated, um, just however, whatever reason that is. Um, but I don't think that girls should kind of look at that as a barrier um, because it's often, it often seems as a barrier because you don't see a lot of other girls doing it. So sometimes it's harder to get into these things, but there are a lot of sports that are very welcoming for girls to get into. And you just kind of have to push yourself to just, to just do it anyway. (laughs) Um, So for example, with like the, what I was just telling the story about riding the horse in India, and then also um, one that I can bring a bit closer to home. So for example, skateboarding, um, there are a lot of girls that skate in the city, but there's still way more guys that skate in the city um, than girls. So I'll, I'll often go to the skate park and be the only girl there for a long time. Sometimes one girl will show up, you know, sometimes they won't, but it can be really intimidating for girls, I think, to go in um, and, and just do a sport or, or try to get started in a sport that there's mostly guys because they might think that they look, they look stupid or they don't want to look like they kind of suck or whatever. But in my experiences um, of, of skateboarding and, and any of these sports that are male, mainly male dominated um, is if you just go out there and you just try and you just have a lot of fun, like people pick up on that. And in my experiences in the skate parks, guys have never been anything more than like super friendly, really helpful. If they see that I'm trying to trick, they'll come over and kind of, you know, ask if I need help. You know, I've, I've like taken some really bad bails in the skate park and they'll come over and be like, are you okay? So I think whatever you might think in your head that other people are thinking like, Oh, they, they, you know, they'll make fun of me or I'll look really dumb. Like, don't even think about that. Like literally just go in and, and go in with your own goals and just try to have a lot of fun. And if you look like you're having fun, people won't even notice that you might be struggling because it looks like you're having fun. You are having fun. And then that makes it more approachable and easier for other people to kind of come out and help you. Um, and that's the biggest thing that will kind of help you progress is just getting tips and hints from other people. 
So I think just kind of not being afraid to go out and do your thing. Um, and then that breaks down a lot of barriers anyway. People will kind of forget, oh, they won't think, oh, it's a girl in there. They'll kind of be like, oh, this person like looks like they might need some help with a tip that on a trick that I was trying to do. And, and now I'm going to help them because like I was in their shoes at one time, you know? So just kind of going in there and just really have fun. That's the biggest, the biggest thing. <laughs> That's such great advice. If someone was looking uh, to get into scuba diving, skateboarding, rock climbing, any of that, how would you suggest that they go about starting? So the best way to get started, I think, um, is to just to find a mentor or find kind of like a way to get into it. Um, this isn't always easy because a lot of these sports aren't so accessible, like as easily as what, for example, in the city, you'll see signs everywhere for like soccer signups and whatever. We don't have that kind of thing. You don't just see like sign up for snowboarding or sign up for skateboarding. Um, you kind of have to, to take it upon yourself to really go out there and look for what it is you want to do. So find the sport that you think looks really awesome and fun. Um, don't think about like you can't do that or looks too scary. Just think about what looks the most awesome and, and kind of do a bit of research on that. Like these days it's a lot easier because we all know how to Google. We can all use like Instagram and whatever. So just find something that you think looks super cool. Um, and then Google in your city, guaranteed there's somebody here <laughs> that does something or runs some kind of lessons or whatever. Um, and even if it's really amateur, like sometimes there's sports that aren't quite organized, but there's guaranteed somebody in the city who does it. Um, and just kind of hit them up, send them, like find them on social media, send them a private, like a message and say, you know, like I'm so-and-so, I saw this video, I really want to try this sport. How do I get started? How do you suggest? When you kind of show interest in something that people are really passionate about, they're more than willing to, to like give you all of their secrets and, and help you get started because they want to see their sport grow. Um, so that's how I've gotten into all these sports myself is just kind of by, you know, getting into it anyway, like with climbing, I just, I, I got in climb, how I got into climbing is kind of like a sort of another funny travel story. Um, but I ended up finding out about that climbing was actually a thing. And then I went to the climbing gym and just kind of started making friends and just discovering, just immersing myself in that world and then figuring out how the climbing world works. So that's something that I would suggest is just find out, find somebody who does it, reach out to them directly and they'll direct you either to like a school or a coach or, you know, maybe there is an organization that you can join that you didn't know about. That's not just like so readily available on Google because it's so new. Um, and then just immerse yourself in it. Like find all of these other women um, on Instagram that do these sports and follow them. You know what I mean? Um, like find them on Red Bull and see what they do. Just find like everything, just become obsessed with it. <laughs> um, and then you, these opportunities will just present themselves in front of you. And you mentioned um, you found rock climbing through a funny travel story. So I have to ask, yeah. <laughs> rock climbing travel story. Yeah, so I had no idea that rock climbing was a sport at all. I, I knew nothing about it. I didn't, I've never seen people rock climbing. I didn't know that it was a thing whatsoever. Um, I think one time I had done rappelling where you wear a harness and you just like go down a rope. And I just thought that that was something that tourists do. Like I didn't know that that was actually part of a real sport. So this was quite a few years ago. I was in India. Um, this was the same trip that I was uh, with the horse, with the horse racing thing that I did. Um, but I was in, uh, literally I was in the desert. So I was, had done this trek and we rode there on camels. 
and we were under like the night sky we didn't sleep in tents we had like these like mattresses rolled out and we were just like sleeping on the open sky there was like a fire it was really really cool it was really beautiful and I'd made friends with um there was a guy from Chile and we were just kind of like all around the fire and he was talking about how uh him and his friends had done this big uh, sort of, they guess they went hiking or he's like, we went, we brought all our gear and we went mountaineering and stuff in, 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 um, in Chile. And he was telling me about this funny story, how basically they kind of almost didn't return and almost had to get a rescue. And I was like, wait a minute, you, you were rock climbing. Like, what do you mean rock climbing? You mean you had ropes? And so he explained to me, he's like, yeah, like rock climbing, I'm a rock climber. So we had all of our gear, all of our ropes. And we went in and did this big expedition. And then we, you know, it was like four or five days long. And then we came back out of the, wherever, the jungle, wherever they were. Um, and I was like, that is so cool. Like, tell me more about rock climbing. I didn't know that was actually a thing. And he said to me, he's like, yeah, every country in the world has an alpine club. And every city has like an offshoot branch of that alpine club. So what you need to do when you go back to Canada is Google alpine club Canada. And that will come up. And then they will have a branch with your city and then you can like, that's how you can get started. That's how I got started. That's how like a lot of people get into climbing and alpine sports. So I was like, that is so cool. So the next day we trekked out of the desert on our camels <laughs> and my camel's name was Johnny Walker. Uh-huh. So we, we trekked out of the, out of uh, the desert and whatever. And I finished kind of this part of my trip and I was at the train station like a couple nights later. And, uh, in India, when you're traveling as a backpacker, that's kind of how you can identify other other um, foreign travelers is because they have a backpack. So I was on the train station on the platform. Everything is written in Hindi, and I don't really understand. <laughs> I obviously I, I don't I can't read the language, but I'm kind of assuming there's one train that goes one direction because we're at the, the very last stop in the desert. This is on the western side of India. So I see this guy um, and this couple and they all have backpacks. So I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to go ask them if, if like I can, uh, like if this is the right train. So I started talking to this guy and he, by this time I'd been out of Canada for a couple of years. So I was getting pretty good at um, deciphering. Like I could, I could tell, I could decipher different European languages pretty good because you meet a lot of Europeans when you're traveling. Um, And I couldn't pick this guy's accent. And I was like, man, he sounds like, some kind of Swedish or Belgian, but I can't really pick it out. So we're talking. And then, so finally the question, the old question comes up, Oh, where are you from? And I had already had like a Canada pat flag patch on my backpack. So that's one thing I recommend to any girls who are thinking about traveling. First of all, you should do it. And second of all, put a Canada flag patch on your backpack. And he saw my flag and he's like, Oh, you're from Canada. I was like, yeah, yeah. Where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Canada too. And I'm thinking like, really? Like, you don't sound like Canadian. So mind you, I'd been out of Canada for a couple of years. So I hadn't really met a lot of Canadians in a long time and hadn't spoken to any. And I said, so, okay, so where in Canada are you from? Like you have an accent. And he's like, yeah, I'm from Gatineau. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I'm from Ottawa. So I guess for those people who aren't, uh, who aren't familiar with the area, Gatineau and Ottawa are essentially the same city, <laughs> except Gatineau is the French side and Ottawa is the English side. So I was totally just thrown thrown off my kilter because I was like I have not met somebody from Canada let alone from someone from my own city in a couple of years so then we're chatting and he tells me that he's a rock climber and he's he's a part of the Ottawa Alpine Club and so I was like oh my gosh the stars are aligning like this is like this is a sign I have to get into climbing because like how random is it that I meet somebody from my own city who's in the Alpine Club when somebody two days ago just told me 
like I just discovered that that was a thing that exists. Yeah. So a couple months later, I get back to Canada. Um, and then I joined the Alpine club. Uh, and then I remember like I came back cause I'd come back from Australia and it was like, I came back to Canada in March and there was this huge, huge snowstorm. Like all of the OC transport buses were like in ditches, like nothing was working. Cause it was like meters and meters of snow, but I didn't let that stop me. I was like, no, I, I came back. I'm like two days back in Canada and I have to try this rock climbing thing. Like I, it's, it's in my destiny. Like, you know, it's written in code. <laughs> like I have to go. Um, and so I remember like I, I took the bus all the way f- across the entire city. So anyone who's familiar with the city from like Canada, I took it all the way to St. Laurent to the gym that's out there. Um, so it's a very long bus ride. And then halfway out, I had to like get out and trek through the snow um, and then just started rock climbing. That was the first day I started rock climbing <laughs> um, in the gym. And then from that point forward, I went from learning how to boulder in a gym to, you know, being able to do like a 300 meter climb, um, out in BC or Alberta. Uh, so, and climb all over the world. So yeah, that was kind of how I got started in climbing. <laughs> wow. It, it was meant to be a hundred percent. And it was from the moment you heard it, it must've just clicked with you because clearly you've been climbing ever since. Mm-hmm. Now I have a question. You do so many different sports. Yeah. If you could pick one favorite, what would it be? I know it's a tough question. Oh my gosh. That is a tough question. I would say, so I know that um, my climbing friends are probably going to be upset with me with this one, but I would probably have to say that the board sports are actually my favorite so that I kind of cheated a little bit. So that includes like snowboarding, skateboarding, and surfing. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, but those ones, I kind of feel like they, it's, it's the feeling that I get, I guess. Um, I mean, I absolutely love climbing because it gets me outside and it, I feel really empowered when I'm climbing. Um, and I think, but I think with the board sports, I get, it's a different kind of feeling. It's just like this, it's, it's not so much an empowering feeling, but it's, I guess it, it makes me feel really um, accomplished or really, it makes me feel really good. It just feels, it's really fun to just go off a jump. <laughs> or it's really fun to just like grind a rail and land it and just to like you're you're going down and you you can it's like the sound and the feeling like you're feeling yourself on the snow and then you like hit a rail and the sound changes and it feeling the feeling changes and then you're kind of in this in between of like oh my gosh am I gonna bail am I gonna land it and then you land it and it's just this feeling of like you just feel so so good like it's kind of like maybe that's more of that a type a type personality fun or that that a type fun Mm-hmm. Um, climbing is more like a B type fun, but I think that if I had to choose one, like, and, and somebody was going to like, you know, make me choose one, like you just did, I would probably choose the board sports because of the fun, the fun aspect of it. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, a tough question curveballed to you. It was. <laughs> I have one final question that might be a little bit easier. Yeah. What physical activities are you doing now that we're all stuck in quarantine? How are you staying active? Yeah. So this one, I, I'm very, very lucky with this one. Um, so the main thing that I've been doing um, is actually, I've been doing a lot of hiking. Um, so I know that we're supposed to stay inside and I'm making sure like where I'm, I'm living right next to the woods. Um, and so there's a lot of trails inside that a lot of people don't have access, like they don't know are there. <laughs> so they're kind of like secret trails in a way. Um, so I've been able to actually stay far away from other people while, while hiking. Um, 
And then in between of that, like when I'm, if it's a rainy day or whatever, or, or every day I've actually been doing your typical, just regular working out. Um, so like uh, doing like ab workouts and lifting weights and, and doing some climbing, climbing workout as well for, I have like a, like a hangboard for, for training my fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I am working out at home, the main things that I do for working out are always like with the mentality of that it's going to make me um, better at skateboarding or better at surfing or, or better at climbing. So I'm doing a lot of, for example, like I do a lot of um, jump squats and jumping exercises to help me with skateboarding. And then the other one that I've been doing a lot as well, um, because before this, before the pandemic happened, I had actually planned to go on a surf trip this, uh, this summer. Um, and so what I have been doing is actually practicing my pop-ups. So that's kind of like how you get onto the board, but that's like kind of a way to just learn your muscle memory and kind of, um, get your muscles ready to kind of, to kind of do that on a board. So all of my workouts that I'm doing at home are all, uh, meant to support me in like my sports that I'm doing, um, that I do regularly. So for skateboarding, I do a lot of jumping exercises, surfing, I'm doing like pop-ups, um, and then climbing, I'm, I'm doing a lot of finger exercises, like hanging and things like that. So I'm making sure to do, like I stay active every day, um, but it's always with that end goal of making me a better climber or a better skater or a better snowboarder. It's amazing. It's great that you're taking this time to not only stay active, because I think once you're a physically active person, it's tough to not be physically active, but also to yeah. develop skills for the sports that you will be doing once the pandemic is over. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Ria, thank you so much for joining the You Go Girl podcast today and sharing amazing and incredible stories about all the different sports you do and how you got involved in the sports. I think you definitely have a path that is non-traditional and I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. That's all the time we have for this week on the You Go Girl podcast. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to hear from more amazing Canadian women in sports.